so Blake, is this is it too late to make this a RuPaul's Drag Race recap show? Because, cause Bud, <laughs> cause Bud. Actually, at this point, we'll probably have. Do you know the amount of happiness we had when we started covering AEW? I think we could go back to that if we start. Except now we're just like fucking Miss Cracker did not deserve the villain in it. Fuck you guys. Welcome to Fight Boys, a show about professional and not so professional wrestling. I'm your host. The bad boy podcasting, Scotty Moore. And I'm just so tired, Blake Tanner. And not with us is a boy who's very tired as well, the Dylan. Dylan. Um, Dylan was straight up like, I can't. I can't do the show. And I was like, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I was halfway between asking just like, can we just cancel this week again? Because it's... You know, with all of this stuff going on, it's just so hard to cover the news in any way, shape, or form with our fun, like, boner jokes. Yeah, I'm looking at our show notes right now, and I believe about 70% of 70 to 80% of it is all bad. Because last week we thought we were, I guess, in the middle, maybe? The middle of the hashtag speaking out and everybody coming out thing? No. <laughs> no. The thing that really gets me about this is, I think Dylan said it a couple weeks ago, we were so damn cocksure about ourselves that this had been weeded out of the wrestling business for the most part, and it is not. It is so systemically, like, predatory, and it really just makes me sad. I mean, it comes down to the fact, and I realized this the other day, the sheer, the, what pro wrestling at its essence is, is everyone, at least in WWE, this is the mindset, thinking, I'm the best, I'm the greatest wrestler alive, and I deserve the World Heavyweight Championship, and if I don't, if I don't get a shot at it on my own, I'll take it by force. That's fucked up! That's fucked up mental thinking, but that's how it is. That's the and that's the thing too. It is like in the golden age, that's how everybody really thought. And that's just how uh, several fucking people oh, yeah. have just always thought, apparently. And, and there just are good still people in the and there are still people in the industry to this day who will look at you and be like, if you come to WWE and think that you shouldn't be world heavyweight champion, you don't deserve to be there. And it's like, no, fuck that. Like, that's a spot in the show for a very specific Roman, John Cena, Kofi. That's a celebration of a very long, good career. That's what that's for. If you go in day one and think, that should be mine because I'm a good dude, it's fucked up. Or when booking decides to shove someone down their your throats, that's what happens. You but know we're what? Gonna get is- in, we're going to get into that with the end of show discussion because I've got theories and other shit we can get into, but... More names have gotten called out. Names last week that we were like, because I remember last week when I started the show being like, 
well, there's not really anything tangible. Because for me, as privileged of a white man thing, this is to say I was looking for receipts. I was looking for DMs. I was looking for screen caps. I was looking for at least a modicum of something. And I didn't find any for when it came to Marty or Joey. And so I was like, Okay, maybe their name just got accidentally put in there. Maybe someone had a problem. And then Joey Ryan trended on trended Twitter on for Twitter. a full yep. day. And there uh, there have been cases of, like, um, where speaking out people have called others down for trying to, like, settle a personal vendetta by using the speaking out. But, like, the, none of them have gotten big. Like, it, they've all gotten shouted down pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I saw something online, and it was like number of people who have been accused of rape and it was only like 20 percent of them actually ended up anything happening to them then the other like not filled it up to 98 percent, and then the last two percent they were like these were the ones that were falsely accused and that's when i said oh shit <laughs> um did you see candace responding to joey by the way because I saw, I, I saw some people come out against Candace. Some people were like, well, back in the day, Candace would groom people for Joey. She would do... But I haven't seen anything really come of that. It's kind of like you were saying, like, the false accusations don't get that far. But I'm not calling them false. I'm just saying I haven't seen much of it. Uh, Candace came out and said, I'm mortified. I do not and never have condoned such horrible actions. I have zero, zero tolerance for it. To the women he did this to, my heart breaks for you. I trust this person reading the stories and learning how he acted sickens me especially because you all trusted him i can't imagine how you felt for every woman and man who has been brave enough to speak out i have nothing but love and respect for you and that was just one of because candace is a is a human embodiment of a cupcake and i'm like don't don't make her did you see the keith lee story i did see the keith lee story that's a fucking scary thing to imagine like just like yourself going through you just like because uh, for the most part we're not gonna list out the accusation we're just gonna say hey this was a shithead person but the keith lee one was like shocking because it's because it, it shows it could happen to anybody because you look at keith lee and you're like that's a big boy nobody gonna try to fuck with the big boy it's like no keith lee uh, got drugged and then woke up in a hotel room like it was beyond insane and it reminds you like oh this can literally happen to anybody uh we've also we've got Gazi in chat saying he does not want to want us to go on the rant that he would go on tonight and i'll i'll play part of it if you would like because i know what he's talking about uh because fuck matt riddle <laughs> oh yeah so i don't i've not kept up with this i've not kept like up as much with all of these um past just seeing um the initial accusations but the the matt riddle story i knew that it was happening so i'm not sure what went on with that um well there were already abuse and similar very negative allegations coming towards him but the one that kind of connects closest to us i guess mostly through gazi was through uh, uh jamie senegal who apparently matt was cheating on his wife with jamie and so Jamie was providing all of the receipts, like every fucking piece of info you could get, including because um, a lot of people are like, that's not real. That's not fucking real. Matt Riddle ain't gay. Matt Riddle ain't gay. And Jamie's like, it's right fucking here. And these 
innate idiotic stands of Matt Riddle. Like even when Jamie took a screen, not screenshot, screen video of them going to the the conversation and scrolling through it, they still wouldn't let up and it led Jamie down a bad path. And that shows like how we're all wrestling fans. We are fanatic. We are uh, marks for lack of a better word, but this just shows how dangerous markdom can get when all of these fucking idiots who were like Matt Riddle would never fucking do that man did you not see where Matt Riddle posted a fucking picture of his lawyer saying Matt Riddle didn't do that does that not vindicate Matt Riddle (laughs) and so uh, and so Jamie had to go dark like Jamie had to go dark on Twitter because they were enduring all of this fucking bullshit. Um, according to Ghazi, there were death threats. It was, uh, it was horrible. The things that this person, this v- victim, had to go through, like all of the hoops that they had to jump through just to vindicate another victim. Because it wasn't like Jamie coming out and be like, "I was, I was, vindi- I, I was victimized as well." It was them saying, "Hey." if you think this guy's good he's not this is what's happened and then they'd be like well you were the one who helped him cheat and they were like yeah okay fuck i don't care i'm saying he's not a good person and it just kept leading down worse and worse paths of bigger and bigger assholes coming out and it yeah that's that's marked him for you especially when it comes to um like when it affects Mark masculinity is one of the most toxic types of masculinity, if that makes any sense. Um, because I feel like this is just all of that bullheadedness coming from their own just bullshit. And like, you see it, you see it in politics too. People will defend their guy up until the very end, no matter what you put in front of them, even if it's their guy literally saying, fuck these people. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like the same thing happens with other sports. It's not uh, into like assault or negative things like that, but it is goes to like the fucking Bulls won the Super Bowl. I know that's not a real thing, but still Bulls won. We're going to destroy the streets of Chicago. Let's fucking go, baby. Uh, The Bulls won the basketball team. They beat the football. Yes, fucking. <laughs> um, uh, and I do. We need to talk about a, a few other negative ones. The one that kind of hurt me the most was someone we've talked about on the show before, uh, Mark Adam Haggerty, and I think that was the one that hurt. Uh, other than maybe one other one that we'll talk about later, but I think Mark hurt the most because he was such an advocate, and he was such a person who would come out like. It stung so much because, like I've said in the past, I was taking his social media classes and like he did. He made a joke on one of them saying like, oh, um, you probably will never do anything problematic. So we don't have to worry about covering making an apology after doing something problematic. And it was just like a joke. And I just thought about it and went like, wow, you fucker. You fucking knew and you still were making jokes like that. And. And then, and this this happened with Joey as well. This happened with Mark. They just decided because, like, there were some people like fucking Riddle who were just like, 
Hey, my lawyer said I didn't do it, so I didn't fucking do it. My name is Matt Riddle. Uh, but then there were then the, there was Joey and Mark and a few others who were like, I'm just going to delete my Twitter and run away. And I'm like, that is not the fucking way to handle this right now. You made a fucking mistake. You own up to it and you try to get better. Like, I know people still will give him shit to this day. But for me, Adam uh, Blampier is the ultimate and like, I really fucked up. I'm gonna go away. And he went away for fucking years. And the only reason he came back is because he loves wrestling. He wants to talk about wrestling. And I'm assuming WrestleTalk gave him some money. But like, Blampier was gone and he didn't want to come back. He was very much like, I used my platform in a negative way. I don't deserve it anymore. And he left until a completely other company was like, hey, come back. It's okay. And I, I, I know, I believe people can change. I believe I have like I've done shitty things in the past. I have to believe people can change and become better. And that's why with guys like Blampier, I'm like, you did a fucking terrible thing. But I can tell you have worked to change. It's the same thing I'm getting from um, uh, Sammy Guevara Um, because Sammy made some fucking rough yeah we know that sammy made some real bad jokes although his was like real because he even he spoke personally to sasha after all that was happening and apologized personally also i will i've been on podcasts before with douchebags and like fell into a douchebag mindset he was on the whole effing show and fuck those guys but that's a story for a different day uh that still doesn't forgive what he said but you could tell sammy was like i'm gonna go off for a few like i'm sure when he heard that he like he's suspended without pay and his pay is going to i think a women's shelter in um fucking jacksonville i'm sure he was like yeah that's what i deserve for what i've done you could tell sammy was like fucked up about it uh as opposed to fucking jim Cornette, who was like hey buddy you know uh you fucking know that a screenshot shouldn't have the same profile picture that i changed to in the recent two weeks like no motherfucker it's gonna change the conversation it's it's such a bullshit excuse and then also on on most if you do like since if you've got all the records and you do just take a screen grab going back through it it will have the most recent profile picture but i'm sorry that's just on my little box no no you i was trying to say that but you explained it for me (laughs) and uh here's how jim fucking responded I pushed the people I should have and half the people I shouldn't have, but everybody got a shot, wasn't giving out on any fears or favors for anything, and it's never been said before in the 15 years since. Only problem I had when it came to pushing, but which, by the way, it has been said before. I've heard this before. It's been discussed before. It's just never been elevated like it has recently. Only problem I had when it came to pushing talent was when they were telling me to push the talent was when they... Wait, what the fuck is this sentence? The only problem I had when it came to pushing talent was when they were telling me to push the talent. It was when they were telling me to push the talent. <laughs> I'm in a fucking loop. What has happened? That had never been in front of an audience before. That got a little unpalatable, but that had nothing to do with the accusations of which we speak. Like, 
it's such him trying his best to be like, I'm not I'm not a bad guy at all. I never gave nobody no preferential treatment. Even though there's shit there, like, we can read it. We can fucking see it. You can't hide, Jim. No, and I think part of this is just... I You just said it, too, but it's like, some of this stuff, like, this really shitty stuff, we knew about, we talked about, but, like... Never, nothing really elevated it, because, and I think it's, you know, a lot of people were scared to bring forth their stories, like their personal stories. Most of it you'd hear is like rumors, this happened to this person, or this, you know, Cornette did this to them, or they're being groomed by them. And now that, like, you have people coming together who could share their stories without fear, you're seeing this kind of response. And, I mean, fuck you, Cornette. All right. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I think this is also kind of revealing the type of company each company is. There's one that we're going to talk about ad nauseum later. But for now, like you see WWE and they were like, mm, we're still going to debut Riddle and have him beat AJ Styles. But we'll get rid of Jack Gallagher because we don't have plans for Jack. Gall- That's literally what they said. They were like, we can't make money with him, so fuck it. Yeah, we'll we'll throw him away as a publicity spaton. Um, but they kept, you know, like, yeah. Matt Riddle. Yeah, and then you've got Impact, who apparently, I've read a lot about some major issues when it comes to Impact as a whole and abuse, um, similar to another company we'll talk about later, but they at least were like, no more Joey Ryan, no more, um, uh, the Chris brother, because apparently one of them's not a bad guy, so the shitty Chris brother, and Elgin's been suspended, but that also does feel a little bit like we had plans for Elgin, actually, so we're gonna just suspend him for a few, and then come have him come, and they knew about Elgin, everybody fucking knew about Elgin. I, I hate, also, that, like, uh, what informs this, you know, like you said, with them having plans, is also on a certain level, like, the more talented the wrestler, the hard, like, the more they just, like, nah, we don't want to give him up, though. Yeah, um, and then, oh god, Ring of Honor, this one rang of when, you remember the Jay Lethal, um, Hendrix situation? Yes, oh yeah. This is literally, I think they fucking copy and pasted this. At Ring of Honor, we pride ourselves on the respectful and inclusive environment we have built, one that ensures all employees can work in a place where they feel safe and respected. We take these matters extremely seriously and have a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to this type of behavior. Ring of Honor has launched an immediate investigation, my least favorite fucking word when it comes to this, into the claims made against its currently contracted wrestlers. We'll update you on our investigation once it concludes. Um, look, we just signed Marty to a big thing, and Marty's like, Marty's like the booker, so we can't really do anything, so we're just gonna put out a shitty little fucking not apology. Yeah, that's some boilerplate nonsense. Yeah. That's really all it is. And then uh. AEW is at least trying. Uh, they were like, the Sammy situation, they're like, we have been aware of the comments made by Sammy Guevara. He is indefinitely suspended. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's my favorite one. And, and I know a lot of people are like, Jimmy should have been fired. Jimmy should have been destroyed. But, and it sucks. Jimmy is still a person. And we've talked about it on the show. Jimmy is 
fucked up. Something is wrong in Jimmy Havoc's head. And for a while, it's a fun joke. It's a fun, oh, he'll do anything because he's a crazy guy. But I think AEW was made aware of it and were like, we're going to send him to rehab. We're going to get him as much help as he can get. And when he returns, we will reevaluate at that point if he needs to be employed still. So it's not immediately damning Jimmy because of, hey, he's got a mental health issue, so throw him out. Right, Um, because we can't forget about mental health. In these times specifically. And I think that before, like, before you can, and you know, this, this is a shitty little coin that we're dealing with, but like, because on the other side is the victims who like, if we want to talk about mental health, their mental health has also been wrecked because of this. And the fact that AEW was like, he's an abuser, but also like. Let's take it's still a little skeezy, but not like to the level of the other companies. Because when it comes to mental health, you've got to evaluate the state of mind a person is in before they can be held accountable for their actions. Yeah. And I, from what I've read, Jimmy was an alcoholic, and the majority of Jim, what Jimmy did was when he was profoundly drunk. And that's not saying like more yeah, punishment. Yeah, it's not okay. But it's it's just what happened. It, yeah, it, it's a difficult situation. Like I, because I, I, I want Jimmy to get help and I want Jimmy to get better. We love Jimmy as a performer, but also he has done some unforgivable shit. And like, I think mental health that argument can only be used so much. And I know I'm somewhat contradicting myself, but like, I I don't know where I sit on the Jimmy Havoc. Um, uh, fucking fence at this point because it's a very thin fence to be on. Yeah, which is I think why AEW is doing what they're doing because you gotta you gotta know where you're sitting on that. And if he's and not, he could still and he could still get terminated. Like at the end of it, if if they can see it and uh, like do a, a full psychiatric evaluation and realize like no, he's still fucked up. He could be gone. Um, but who knows? Um, oh fuck. Oh, also, another AEW thing. Did you see where they're re-editing BTE? I did see that. I heard they deleted uh, some episodes and are trying to re-upload them with the yeah, edits. Yeah, um, the, they've started with episode 199. So, of course, like the big lead up to 200. And uh, from what I've seen, they cut any references to Joey or Marty out of it. So they're at least going back and trying to, and a lot of people are like, but they're erasing the history. Marty was an important part. Joey Ryan was an important part of this. Yeah, they were. But at the end of the day, they made their fucking choices. They made their bed and they're lying in it. And I mean, come on, like Benoit was the, what you know, such a great performer, but I think WWE did the right thing by just like taking, anything like in, that took his name you know just erasing it well and it's also comes down to the fact of like not only the victims of joey and marty but the people who have been similarly victimized who now can kind of look at them as oh they're one of the bad guys we love bte we want to keep watching it 
And if they're on that show, it's going to remove that love and that enjoyment we've had in the past. Going back and re-editing it is the best fucking option you can do at this point to have people still enjoy this great thing you created without it going downhill. Yeah, and it's this is a really diluted comparison, but I think that it's the same way as like if you see an old TV show or something, uh, an old movie that uses like a skeezy phrase or words that we don't and shouldn't use. Like, whenever I see those, I'm like, oh. And it, it's one of those things that takes you out of the moment, takes you out of the enjoyment of what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, even in my case, like the first book in the Quiesel Corpse series had a joke that was not mine. It was one of the other quote unquote writers that was like, that's a funny thing. We should put that in there. And I was like, Okay, and then I put it in. Um, at, now that I've grown as a person, I'm like, I should have never let that happen. And now I think yesterday I, I took all the books down. I loved those books. I loved that series. I dedicated multiple hours of my life to producing that book series. But if it would make someone else uncomfortable, I don't want it out anymore. I don't. So, like, as of now, the only book out there is BS versus the Gods. Go buy it now. Ah, we, uh, there it is. There's the fucking plug. We hit it. We's talking about all of this shit that's going on, how we can help the victims, how we need to look on these fucking assholes, and boom, there's the plug. We hit the plug. No, no, honestly, donate to fucking Rain at this, like, donate to Rain. If there are any women's shelters near you, donate to them. Anything to help the victims right now. I know I can't turn off Shieldmaster, but I'm gonna try, or at least, no, 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 what it is is I can't turn off Shieldmaster, but I will use his powers for good. That's where I'm at right now. Donate to Rain. You gotta Uh, know how desperate the situation is for that to happen, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. It's like there's a darkness within me, but I will turn the darkness towards the light and use it. Uh, let's talk about. Yeah. Do you? Is there anything else you want to talk with? Um, with re- relating to speaking out, or can we start talking about COVID? Um. Oh fuck no, because we're gonna have to talk about that later too. Heal of the week, baby. Um. But no, we're gonna go back to the speaking out. Well, but we've we've already gone quite a bit, and we need we just need something because we're so exhausted. Uh, WWE news. Hey, um, I this is the fucking ultimate bullshit of all time, but I think like Hunter just fucking realized. <laughs> Gazi says I'm like Darth Vader killing Palpatine. Kill Palpatine. <laughs> Vader, is this a goof you're doing? <laughs> no! Yeah, this isn't a bit, is it? Oh! Yeah. It's a big chair. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect for my tiny little body. <laughs> oh, please. Go watch Worth Eye Kids fucking videos. They're so good. It has nothing to do with wrestling. Um, but I think someone just now told Hunter that Fighter Fest was happening, and he went, ah, fuck. Vince, can we have Great American Bash back? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, yeah, we're gonna need it for the next few weeks, my bud. And so the last fucking minute, they were like, the next two weeks of NXT is the Great American Bash. I'm like, I wonder why they did that. I I wonder why they did that. It's almost like they're trying to compete with, you know... NXT is full-on competing with AEW and not doing too great. Um, No, I I will say this. 
they killed them this week. I think they got 100,000 more people and were beating in demographics, which I uh, that's actually impressive given the fact that they didn't NXT it that much this week. They didn't. The only really big deal was the triple threat, the Keith Lee, Gargano, Finn Balor, which actually would be enough to make me swap over to NXT now that I think about it. Yeah. Uh, that would be pretty fun to watch, actually. So, that's what WWE's doing. What else other bullshit are they doing? Um, let's see. If we want to talk... Oh, you remember last week when I fucking talked about Charlotte and being like, I'm here every fucking week. Fucking week. I'm here. And now she's not. <laughs> Literally a week after that, she's like, I'm going to be gone until SummerSlam, y'all. I'm mad because initially when I first read it, I'm like, oh, she'll be gone for a while. And then they're like, not nah, just till SummerSlam. I'm like, what the fuck happened? And I'm like, I don't care. They could be like, she has a severed cerebral cord. There's cerebral fluid on the ground right now. When will she be back? Uh, two weeks. Okay, okay. Oh, God. This is actually another situation where the fucking, um, the, the internet wrestling cartel, cartel, whatever the fuck we call it, uh, the online speculators just annoyed the piss out of me because they're like, oh, Charlotte's going in. It's for surgery. Not gonna be major though. It's like, oh, she's she's gonna have her breasts repaired. Damn it! As like, I don't. It doesn't fucking matter, dude. And it's Stop. her shoulder. It's literally her shoulder. They've talked about it. Um, I and also we can eat a little crow this week because motherfucker, Oscar won. Oscar finally fucking beat Charlotte Flair. Oscar beat Charlotte. Yes. Yes. <laughs> This is going to be our one happy moment here, so let's just take a moment, just revel in that. Let's revel in it like like Asuka did when she slapped that poster Charlotte off the wall. Oh, yeah, when she was just like, you see this? Charlotte Flair? I beat her! I beat her! And it was like the most cathartic moment, because usually, like, WWE would not call back to the fact that it's like, Asuka was the only person that Charlotte was able, or Charlotte was the only person to ever beat Asuka, Charlotte this, Charlotte that, and not give this good of a payoff. Nah, they did this week. They're like, just film Asuka going around backstage and fucking going crazy. Fuck, it doesn't matter. Just have fun with it. God, we need more fun. <laughs> Please. Oh, uh, FMA says Asuka has now tapped out all of the four horsewomen. Oh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Good on you, Let's Asuka. see. Um, if we're going to stick with Raw... Hey, you know the other... A couple of weeks ago when I was like, Vince McMahon doesn't like building to a match that's not going to happen... Um, apparently he's fine with it, even if the match is gonna be eight months away, cause Edge cut the greatest fucking promo of all time. Like, I was going to my room, my parents were watching Raw, and I saw him, and he's just like, in, and this was one of those moments where not having a crowd really pays off, cause like, that silence is there. And like, the minute Edge said, I wasn't able to pick up my daughters on Father's Day because of you, is the moment I said, this is about to get fucking juicy. <laughs> this is gonna get so good. I mean, Edge showing off, like, he's he's always been a great fucking phenomenal promo, and it's just, he's gotten better with age. And Unlike my, 
he did one of my favorite things, which is not call out the family, but talk about personal life when he was just like, you're going to go home and your kids are going to ask you, daddy, what's wrong? And you and you're not going to be able to look in your wife's eyes and she'll know why. It's because that I'm in your head. There are voices in your head, Randy, and I'm going to be louder than all of them because you awoke an evil. You woke up the rated R superstar. And then I came. I was like, <laughs> yes! Oh, you did it! Oh, fuck! God, I, you know what? I, I'll, I'm willing to wait eight months for the greatest wrestling match, too. Yeah, because holy shit, dude. Because it's one of those things you, you, like, rated R superstar. It's a fun nickname, whatever. But, like... It's a nickname he earned. It's a nickname he earned when he fucked Lita in the middle of a wrestling ring. It's it's a it's the, it's what he earned when he cashed in on a bruised and bloodied John Cena to become champion. Like it is a dark manipulate ultimate opportunist side of him and that's not who he's been. Like he was like I've been the PG superstar ever since coming back and then you Fucked up, Randy. You fucked Randy. up. Randy. Hey, Randall, you fucked up. And I love it because, like, WWE is now being forced to do long-term booking with Edge and Orton. They are forced to do it. And I wouldn't mind if every week it was just, like, Edge in a cast breaking into Randy's house, like, one arm flinging, like, beating him up. It's like, I'm here, Randy, except no, I'm not because I'm in your dreams. Yeah. Oh, wait. We can't, actually. Randy's not dealing with Edge right now, because, well, it's a big show. They didn't have anything booked for this segment, so it's a big, bad show tonight. Hey, he took out the ninjas a couple (laughs) weeks ago, and now he's got not shit to do. Big show. I'm a fight Randy Orton for no apparent reason. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. I don't I love Big Show to death and he's definitely like gotten into shape. He's like a good dude, but he's just kind of getting thrown into shit. They were like, "Hey, we don't have anyone to fight McIntyre after WrestleMania." Well, you. Oh, as a matter me- of fact, I would be just happier if they sh- showed segments of the Big Show just running his D&D campaign. Because that would be great. Oh, uh, speaking of McIntyre, hey, we don't have anybody to fight this guy till SummerSlam. What's old Ziggles doing? Bring him over. Why? Well, we gave him AJ, so we had to trade. And in exchange for one AJ Styles, you can get a Dolph Ziggler and a fucking Robert Roode. You can get both of them. God, I forgot about Ziggler. Like, full-on, just blank of my mind, what's he doing now? Oh, okay, he's fighting Drew. Yeah, and I like it, because it's like, hey, we used to be we used to be friends and shit, so, like, that's why we're fighting. It's because we used to be friends, but now we're not, because it's WWE. Fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. Alright. Uh, uh, last bit of WWE fucking news. By WWE backstage, by the only opportunity I got to see CM Punk in the in They're a W. Just canning it. It's not being canned. 
but it is no longer a weekly television program. It is now only happening after, like, right before SummerSlam, right before uh, the fucking Extreme Rules. It's only going to be, like, once every so-and-so. And And you know Punk don't want to do that. (laughs) Punk don't want to go in there for that. Yep, that's, you know what? Just as quickly as he came back into our hearts, he's fucking gone again. Thanks, y'all. 2020's getting clever now. 2020's getting clever. They're like, we're not just gonna hurt you now. Now we're gonna tease you, give you some stuff you want, and then take it away. What could you mean, 2020? Remember Edge? He's gone. CM Punk? He's gone. It's all fucking getting taken away. Yep. Oh, hey. You remember Dolph Ziggler? He's back! Oh, good. Excellent. Is he gonna have, like, the fortitude to want to put on, like, sh- the kind of epic matches that he had back in the day with the World Heavyweight Championship? Absolutely, Absolutely not! He's not. so tired! He's so <laughs> yeah, fucking so, done! Like t- and you know what? You know, uh, you know, I know, I know you want something great. I know you want to have something brought back, something that's gonna be magnificent and massive. Where? Um, oh, speaking of, uh, Dolph's in the camp of, I would like to say, Bad News Barrett, because uh, Stu Bennett did an interview recently, and I, you know Stu, he's like the guy for the NWA, he's like one of their voice guys, uh, he came out, one thing, he was like, I'm by no means, no, I'm by no means retired, by no phrase of that word am I retired, and I'm like, fuck yeah, more Stu Bennett, but also... Uh, he was talking about, cause like he hasn't had the impact that Cody did. And he was, he called it out. He's like, I compare it a lot to Cody because when Cody left, he had a full on fucking plan. Cody knew exactly what he wanted to do. Meanwhile, he had a I fucking was, list. I was just mad. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's understandable. That's the shitty thing. WWE breaks you down so much that unless you are a Cody or a John Moxley, you're just mad when you leave. Like you're almost disenfranchised with wrestling as a whole. Yeah. And it hurts you. I have, I've like tried to bring up, uh, I just want to say as a quick aside, every time I try to talk about Moxley now, I almost call him Moxwell because that's the name of my D&D character and his nickname is also Mox. God, you piece of shit. Uh, not much coming out of AEW that we're not going to discuss in uh, Baby Faces of the Week, but I will say they fucking botched that Lucha Bros return, because that would have been phenomenal. Yeah, I heard it could have gone better. What a happened was is FTR got done beating SEU, pretty good match. QT wasn't there because he was exposed to someone with COVID, so they had to do a last-minute swap. Fantastic match. Uh, FTR reminded everybody once again, hey, we're fucking good at this. And then, uh, fucking, the fucking New England sailors come up in the truck. And they are in FTR's truck, Butcher's on, uh, Butcher's driving it, looking like the angriest grandpa, and Blade's on top, and I forgot Blade's actually a pretty decent promo, and he's like, uh, he's like, if you take a step further, I'm going to have the Butcher rip your truck in half, and I (laughs) believed him, uh, and then it cuts back. And the Lucha Bros are just already in the ring. <laughs> They're just in the ring looking. And then it cuts away again. 
cuts away and then blades keeps talking keeps going even commentary is like um y'all who the fuck behind him who the fuck behind him right now and then finally there at that point i was like oh fuck yeah we're gonna get ftr versus lucha bros um but we're not it's lucha bros and butcher and blade versus bucks and ftr which i get fuck it whatever but i but like could you imagine the pop if it was fucking because uh, at the end he's like you're gonna be fake you and the bucks you are the who are the feuding over being the best team are gonna take on the two actual best teams butcher and blade and some men with zero fear which is really when the music should have hit and then you're like zero miero and then they come out fucking huge pop no instead at that even ftr at points were looking back like they're fucking behind us like we know we know who we're fighting like we get it <laughs> but then they tried to they tried to build it like a return even though they were already there <laughs> there it's like there we they're there I, and it was like it was so great just hearing because uh, beforehand i got the news that pinta was back in florida because he couldn't leave mexico for a long time and then there's just that yeah, it was weird. Um, also, speaking of weird, Cody versus Jake Hager is the least excited I've ever been for a Cody match in my entire fucking life. And I know it's because I hate... I, I guess the Hager accusations didn't get enough traction. And also, the person who originally tweeted it never confirmed it was Hager. So, like, that didn't get enough uh, traction to do anything. But I just don't like Hager in general. <laughs> like, I, I liked him when he was part... I liked him as part of, like, the inner circle. And he was almost a parody of the big guy. Like, he was a parody of, like, the strong... Fo of a silent type. And it was fun, because it was a joke. But now they're trying to make him serious, and I fucking can't stand him. Or his wife who just threw water in Cody's face and strolled away. Not really anything added to it. It was just like, um, hey, water in your face. Fuck. I'm um, sorry. I forgot that bit. We were supposed to do it earlier, but that's whatever. <laughs> I wish Brandy was there so she could have slapped her. Sorry. Speaking of, I'm falling in love with Brandy Rhodes because I'm watching a lot of shot of Brandy on YouTube. It's such a good fucking show, dude. Tony Schiavone's my new favorite person. Because <laughs> Schiavone's a great dude, though. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, on his episode, Brandy was like, I heard you like pina coladas. And he's like, I do, I do. I enjoy a good pina colada. Brandy loaded him the fuck up. Like the most alcoholic pina colada I've ever seen. Tony drank three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the, each episode, Brandy's like, we're supposed to drink what we have left in our glasses. And Tony's like, yeah, no, I can't. I get, I'm, I'll make you a fucking shot then, I guess. Tony was just down in this liquor. This liquor. It's like, I finished it already, Brandy. Can I just have another, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, also, uh, thank, because Dylan's not here, I can talk about the fact that Britt Baker is now the best part of Dynamite for me. Just like all of the... All the anonymous notes that she hands up. What was the one I sent you guys earlier? I can't remember it off the top of my head. Oh, I'd have to pull it up to bring it out. But, like, she's been doing... And she's been acting so great in her little bubble. Oh, yeah, her little uh, Michael... The, the coal mine, I believe is what yeah. they called it. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, 
Britt Baker was waving at FDR in her glass box and they just ignored her. She looked pissed and then writes a note that says, FDR can GTFO for not saying hi to me. <laughs> FMA called it her Pope Mobile. Fuck yes, Pope that's Mobile. so good. <laughs> oh god, yeah, Britt Baker. I, t- I, I done told all y'all. When Britt Baker turned heel, she was gonna come into her own, and I was right. I was right. I knew that girl had it in her all along. Yeah, her heel persona is so great, because not only does it give her personality, whereas her babyface persona just didn't have one, but it gives her so much. Hey, 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 hey. Her babyface persona had a personality, and that personality was dentist. That was (laughs) the whole personality. Oh fuck! Uh, that's my point. Donate oh, to Rain. F- fuck Patreon. Donate to Rain. Donate to your local women's shelter. Donate to your local Black Lives Matter. There's so many other places that need your support now, other than us, y'all. I still got some stimulus money left. Go donate. Donate to bail funds. Holy shit! Who are we tweeting? Oh god, Dylan's not here. Um, maybe. Uh, fuck. Who should we? I'm waiting for chat to pop in, because I know, oh man, Gazi's usual go-tos can't be tweeted anymore. He's He'll be like, tweet Jimmy, uh, oh, Janella. Tweet Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Janella. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, we could just tweet Britt Baker. Yeah, we should. Hey, at Britt, what do we say? Hey, at Britt at Baker. Britt Baker. Can you send me a picture of your teeth and we could just like see if Britt Baker will rate your grill? Absolutely not. My teeth are absurdly horrible. Fuck you Please. for asking. <laughs> Please. It'll be like when G- Gordon Ramsay roasts other people's food. <laughs> it's Britt Baker roasting people's grills. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, you do it first. I'll do mine next week. No, my teeth are equally bad. Okay, now I see how you feel. Now I understand. I don't want my girl getting called out on Twitter. Hey, you you won't get called out for your fucking snaggle tooth that's stuck at the roof of your mouth. <laughs> hey, Britt Baker, I'm sorry FTR didn't say hello to you. Um, I, that's it. That's all I've got. Also, Abaddon does need Jesus. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. I look. I'm. This is not my game. I'm. I can't do it like Dylan does. I can't bring the fire. Hashtag dentist watch. Um. Okay. So. Oh yeah. FMA brings up the saddest thing about NXT, which is the fact that my girl Rhea Ripley has been relegated to a comedy feud with Robert Stone, and I'm so fucking mad, because that's my girl. Um, Okay, let's, I get, should we start with babyfaces? Because Heels is going to lead in to the end Yeah, discussion. Heels is going to be a lot of discussion, so I think we should take babyfaces. And mine's going to be pretty short. Um, And it also leads into my heel. Uh, okay. But... Oh, wait, do you want me to go first, then? So you can go one to the other yeah, and jump across? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. My baby face is Orange Motherfucking Cassidy. Because he's a badass motherfucker. Let me put it this way. You remember the image of Becky after she got her nose broke and blood? That happened on uh, on AEW, but with Orange Cassidy blood pouring down his ear. Because... 
uh, Chris brought him out, and Chris cut a very good promo. He was just like, hey, why'd the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? And then he said it like five times. He goes, gets annoying, doesn't it? The same joke over and over again. That's what you are. And then he goes, if you expect to walk into Fighter Fest and kick me in the shins a couple of times and get your fun goofs, I'm going to knock your teeth down your throat and beat you in 30 seconds. And then... Takes off or uh, takes off Cassidy's sunglasses, breaks them, and then Cassidy pulls the microphone away, backs up, and I was like, "Are they going to let Cassidy cut? Because like they've let Ca- Cassidy talk a little bit. Are they going to let him cut a promo? No, motherfucker sets it on the ground, looks Jericho dead in the eye, and then starts doing the shin kicks to him, and then backs up, hits the shitty super kick, turns around, puts his hands in his pockets in a fucking defiant, badass move. The goofiest spot in all of wrestling just got turned into the most powerful rebuke of Chris Jericho, and then it led to an absolutely brutal brawl all across Daly's Place Arena that consisted of Cassidy getting his ear busted out and then Superman punching Chris Jericho through a table. How do you punch a man through a table? Cassidy did it! It was so fucking choice! (laughs) This is Orange Cassidy using 1% of his power. Yeah, (laughs) he's like Shaggy, yeah. I'm so was, the fucking, fucking image of him just standing up and getting like just going back to 100% cool as his ear was just bleeding down his neck. Shit, man. It That's was a great- very, very fucking choice. It was a very, very good moment to end on. Uh, oh, FMA asks, uh, we don't usually take questions, but I, I actually am curious how you feel about this one. Who has a better Superman punch, Roman Reigns or Orange Cassidy? I don't, I mean, it's like you said, Cassidy's put a man through a table. Yeah, well, Roman's my, is a setup. It's not just that it's a setup, and this is gonna sound a little bit weird, but Orange Cassidy's has more motion to it. Like, Triple H used to talk about, oh, I grew my hair long, so that way when I get punched, it has more motion, so you feel it more. Orange is so gangly that when he fucking reigns back and then lets go with it, it feels like his hand is moving farther than it does for Roman's. Yeah, because, like, you look at it, like, he rares the fuck back. Like, you, you'd imagine that he's broken his shoulder at that point. He's, like, dislocated it with how much motion he gets. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on to your baby face, though. My baby face is, uh, John Moxley. Again, The fucking probably. hero! Fucking hero of the, the times- who not only at first um, just had the, like, he was like, listen, y'all, I've had possible exposure to COVID. Um, I know that there's been exposure, and I'm not going to risk myself, not going to risk y'all, not going to do that, so I can't show up, and I probably can't do this match. And it's just like, that's such a breath of fucking fresh air. That it's like, man, that's amazing that you did that. I really like that. I know it sets the bar super low, but you're a good dude. Um, I- 
But, Moxley is very good about coming because you remember the Kenny match when it was first supposed to happen when he got the dislocated shoulder. He was very good about being like, I don't want you to find this out from anybody else. I'm injured. I can't. It's kind of like old school ECW. They would come out and let you know if they were having fucking problems. They were there was no barrier between fan and Paul Heyman. But Mox is the same way. He's like, I'm a fucking tell you before anybody else. Like. Yeah, Mox is—he's uh, really great about that. Also, he's just had man, he's had so much shit piled against him with like you know, um, the hurricane, MRSA, this like so much in the last year or two. Uh, but also, uh, the reason that he thought he was exposed is because oh wait, are you getting into heel really quick? Because I do want to bring up I, Dylan. I am. I want to. Say one thing though. Well, what's your thing, real D- quick? I was gonna bring up Dylan's baby face because I forgot he did want us to specifically talk about the best friends Kenny uh, Page promo. That was the best fucking <laughs> match promo because it was three people who could give less of a fuck in Kenny Omega. It was the best friends who their entire argument for why they were gonna win the match is because Hangman drinks whiskey and Kenny drinks milk. And at the end of the promo, Hangman's. Just just sitting there like they're really good they're like really good we're gonna kick their ass but they're like really fucking good it's just i loved it so much it's so fucking good his his attitude is just a beacon to me in everything that i want to be in a person who doesn't give a shit he's Um, so adorable he's like a little puppy he's a human golden retriever i love him so much oh but going back to my baby face for a bit, the reason that Mox like had his exposure and didn't want to um you know get anyone infected is because Renee Young tested positive for COVID nineteen and he didn't want to leave her. Yeah. Like he stayed with her during all of that and like man, Moxley's rider fucking die. Yeah. He's um, can, can we talk about because like Renee apparently was really bad couldn't taste had to sit down um I, Taz was brutal though Taz was like you made up some bullshit excuse to stay away and I'm like I'll take it I'll take it I like it because it's just a heel way of being like you should have been here but whatever I like that but uh um, I can I quickly discuss how me and you both found out, specifically me, found out about Renee Young having COVID? Yes, please. We were sitting there having a good time recording some episodes of JXT Wrestling. Check uh-huh. it out on the Fight Boys yep. YouTube channel. Yeah. And we're waiting for a match to load, and all I hear is, No! <laughs> And I froze in place. It said, yes, what has happened? And then all you said was Renee. And I thought, did Renee get Because I've been in a very speaking out mindset. So I'm like, did Renee get called out? Did Renee call someone out who hurt my girl, who hurt my sweet little girl, Renee? Do we need to form the Mox death squad alongside Moxley to go take him out? And then you're just like, COVID. And I'm like, we're forming the Mox death squad to kill COVID? <laughs> kill COVID. Let's go do it. Yeah, because it's like, and yeah, like from what 
you know, she said she couldn't taste. She's just like, it was a terrible three days. She's doing better now. Um, but fuck, man, that is not something I would wish on my worst enemy. I also um, just realized that my baby's sleeping in the next room and I just screamed at the top of my lungs and I really hope I didn't wake her up. <laughs> Oopsie poopsies. Oopsies. Um, so yeah, like it was, it was rough, which leads into my heel of the week. The fact that we found out that WWE had not been testing anybody that was coming to their tapings for weeks for COVID-19. We we talked about this last week a little bit, but then this week it just exploded because they have like 10 people who got got positive. I've I've only got three like confirmed confirmed, uh, but like they uh, according to like according to Meltzer and uh, some other sources like. There are people in all branches of WWE that have tested positive now, so it's hard to think that it's not going to be with them for a while. Um, the three big ones that I know of are Renee, of course, um, Adam Pierce, and what? Uh, yeah, I didn't know Scrap Iron got it. Fuck. Yeah, he he got it. Um, and uh, Kayla Braxton. Kayla. So- Kayla, Kit Wilson, Kayla. Sorry. Yeah, um, that's exactly. I sent the tweet to you guys and I said, Kayla, get well soon. Uh, but thankfully, uh, I'm not sure about uh, Pierce or Braxton, but uh, I know at least Renee's doing better. And WWE has just cut any contact, no announcements, nothing. They have said absolutely nothing about this. I did love Renee's tweet about it, though. She's like, I've had a hell of a fucking week. <laughs> My show got canceled, and then I got COVID. God, that is a terrible week, though. Yeah. And then apparently Kayla's now had it twice. Allegedly. Yeah, what I think has possibly happened, and this is what they're studying, um, is that the the virus has been shown to have a resurgence where you can test positive, then negative, then positive again, where the virus hasn't really left your system. So instead of it, like, getting a new infection, it's the same infection and your body just hasn't fought it off yet. Because there have been other cases where, like, um, that they're studying where people who have tested positive and then negative have tested positive again, but they can't find a correlation of if it's a new um new strain of infection in them or if they've gotten it again and if it's the second one y'all it's real bad because that means that your body can't make antibodies uh from the memory of the virus which is uh uh-oh um but man the um, adam the adam pierce one's fucking with me because like adam is like I I firmly believe the NWA as it is would not exist today without Adam Pierce. He is the first person in a very long time to make uh, like his his I think it was seven layers of hate rivalry with Colt Cabana over the NWA title is what brought it back to importance. And he's like forty two, and I know that's not that old, but also if the, if you're over thirty and get it, I'm always like, ah, uh, be careful. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, the fact that WWE, through their not testing, has led to this, which, I mean, we we always said that it would probably, or that there's definitely a possibility, but now it's starting to explode. We're getting positive 
tests and we're getting people that are getting really sick. And I really like knock on wood, like all of all of my hopes go out, but somebody could die from this. Yeah. In WWE. And like, because people have died from it. And especially considering the fact that they've had like Rick fucking flair at their tapings. I'm sure Vince has been at the tapings. I'm sure a lot of these older people have been at these tapings and they were like, oh, it's fine. It ain't real. <laughs> it's whatever. But like, uh, on to my fucking heel of the week. And this is as much as like the Mark Adam Haggerty one. And it, it destroyed me personally because I considered Mark a friend. Mark was helping with like behind the scenes on JWF and shit like that. Um, uh, It's the fact that when I wanted to be a wrestler, the first place and the uh, original place I wanted to go study at and the main person I wanted to be trained under was Mike Quackenbush. The first time I ever stepped into a wrestling ring was at the Wrestle Factory in Philadelphia. And the fact that and and this is both like I I don't want to say it's like a business lesson, but it is in somewhat Uh, it is because Mike Quackenbush was Chikara and that's why Chikara now has to go under. And that's what makes me so mad. Like if you look at uh, a a good example of trying to diversify who owns your thing is like the King of Random on YouTube. Uh, Grant Thompson passed away last year, unfortunately, but he knew he was like, I want this to go on even when I'm gone. He had diversified to a point where even after he left, they still are making amazing content. And the fact that Mike was just so egotistical to say, this is mine. Chikara is mine. That meant every single problem that he had, every kind of mental fuck up that he had would get reflected into Chikara. It developed an abusive, uh, abusive kind of place to be at. Like, cause Mike wasn't the only one. Juan Francisco de Coronado got listed. Um, Oh god, there was another guy that got listed. I wish I could remember his name. I can't. I think it was Cobald. Cobald got listed as one of those people and when it came out they were like, "Yeah, Quack is bad." But Quack also had numerous people uh, and I think Frightmare and um Hallow Wicked got called out as well. And they were like they also would and I I've not read anything to confirm them. So I don't want to demonize them while just coming up with people who who've worked there. But like Chikara was home for a lot of people and Chikara for me was like the first time I realized wrestling doesn't have to be wrestling wrestling could be goofy wrestling could have these amazing uh, ridiculous matches of Chuck Taylor and Archibald Peck running around a fucking old school like bingo hall and posing for pictures in front of these massive paintings or um Icarus getting uh, whipped in the head with a old towel like it was it was this amazing place where it was family friendly it was goofy it showed you wrestling doesn't have to be this hyper masculine bullshit that WWE puts on and the fact that it's gone now and the fact that it's thanks to quack and quacks mistakes and quacks biases getting moved down and the fact that what we all thought Chikara was isn't what it was behind the scenes really killed me like that hurt me more than anything else because i think the biggest thing that's come out about this is you know quack 
tried to use Chikara as his own personal playground. Um, it was, it was his and he kept it his like a jealous toddler to the point that now that he's going under, he's taking it with him, which is really, really sad because my personal experiences with Chikara were like, early clips of and matches that like really helped me get more into wrestling because it's that fucking bingo hall and these fucking crazy from crazy ass ladder matches or like spot fests or fucking someone pulling out a grenade and just throwing it down and everybody jumping back like there's a fucking explosion Chikara was fucking great and it it held a very specific niche in wrestling that like i don't know that you're gonna get someone else to fill that one for a while yeah and it was it was the fact that for a while they would let in like the bullet club the bullet club were on king of trios one year um fucking sammy callahan wrestled there once then he said fuck and they'd never let him back but i think the damnation of Chikara, because like we all saw Chikara getting worse as the years went on, like especially since the uh, the season after they went dark for a year, uh, and Chikara. you know a lot of their main boys had left, like a lot of their main talent was you know going away. Yeah, but I, I also think that was when Quack started to try to grip on as tightly as possible, and it made things even worse. Like, that season after it was dark was kind of good. You had Icarus as, like, this conquering hero, uh, this unlikely hero, because you never expect, like, the ultimate heel to be the good guy, but him fighting for Chikara and bringing it back, that was good, but then it just kept going more and more bizarre and harder to keep up with, and Chikara stopped doing these kind of, like, King of Trios where they would bring in people like the bullet club and like these big names to keep the attention on them and it kind of kept failing from there and getting worse and it sucks because i have friends who worked for chikara i mean the first interview we ever did on this show was a guy from chikara like it was all and it sucks seeing these guys on twitter now like um uh, frantic who we interviewed on the show was like Three years ago, I was suicidal, and the only thing that kept me from doing anything was pro wrestling, and specifically Chikara, and now that I don't have that, I don't know what to do. And I think, it sounds ironic, but like, Thor Ragnarok is what kept a lot of people going, because they had to keep using the quote, like, Chikara is not a place, Chikara is a people. And so, I think you're going to have a resurgence of a lot of people on the indies now, who are very passionate about telling unique creatures crazy stories like uh, like gentleman jervis i mean jervis escaped chikara for lack of a better term and now he is taking the joy of what chikara was or at least what we thought it was and is putting it on the indies yeah and i hope that i hope that the rest of the chikara family can bring that to the indies as well and especially like spread out and do their own thing in wrestling Aww. and kind of find a new place Apparently, um, apparently Cheeseburger has reached out and said any Chikara student, beginner or advanced looking for a new training center is welcome to contact me in the Worldwide Dojo. That's that's good. That's a good guy. But yeah, I really Chikara. That just sucks, man. Because like we all knew Quack was a bit of a shithead and we knew it was coming eventually. But like there is that part of you that's like. Well, maybe it'll get better. Maybe things will change. Maybe the the things will change. But I think the issues with Chikara came to 
a lack of control and it's it, or in quack's case trying to control too much and it leading to some very negative things like um and i guess this is kind of our end of show discussion which is and i'm sure it's different in every single case but like how do what what do we do moving forward to encourage a more welcoming and less dangerous place i don't know because i'm i was thinking about this like with Chikara shutting down and with um, other promotions either being completely raided or um, losing so many big names, what does that mean for the big name of the indie wrestling scene right now, you know? Like, what's going to happen with that? But uh, in, in a grander scheme, what do you do to... And I think the biggest thing that you need to do is bring the terrible stuff to light. That's one thing. And I I think we need to develop a a bigger separation of character from person, because I think that is what a lot of guys get. I mean, Joey Ryan and his quote unquote apology was like, I wanted to lead a rock and roll lifestyle. And I think it comes from these guys being like, well, Ric Flair was the best of all time. And Ric Flair would go from city to city and he'd sleep with everybody he wants. And if Twitter existed back then, Ric Flair would not be as big as he is right now. I guarantee Rick has probably done some horrible shit. Probably. I mean, that's the, you know, that is the lifestyle that they led. The the the, the, the road style, like uh, the golden age wrestler. And I, I think that um, maybe because it's hard, it's hard to separate the character from the person at times because a lot of times the character is the person turned up to 11 for the, for the camera. Um, but you see it with guys that end up being shitty people where they can have an entertaining wrestling persona. Um, and it's just like, eh, where you go from there because you can have, and I think it's like, that's a place where some of the most creative people will flourish but a lot of people that can't separate that, that start to become their character, it, it will, it's not going to be a place for them, or it shouldn't be a place yeah. for them. I because mean, that's you're, why I've always liked Edge. Edge is like, I'm Adam Copeland. Edge is a fucking character I play. Edge ain't a fucking psychopath. Or Adam Copeland is not a psychopath. Edge is a psychopath. Like, it helps him separate things to know that it's a role. I, I did a podcast interview recently on Pop Psych 101. Go check it out whenever that episode airs. But um, he is a, he's a therapist. And so we started talking about all this. He goes, how much do you think it comes down to lack of control? And I said, what do you mean? He goes... Well, in WWE, how much say do they have over their character? How much say do they have over what they get to do? And I went, oh, like none. (laughs) Unless you're like Roman Reigns or something. He goes, well, maybe they're seeking control through other means and so i think it all it does come down to a bunch of people like this this happened with me when i got into wrestling the minute i realized like oh when i get to where i want to be i'm not going to be getting to do the things i want to do i'm not going to be able to be writing and performing and doing all of these uh different separate things that's kind of what got me out of it is the fact that i realized oh i'm not going to be able to do the shit I want to do, I'm basically going to be a meat puppet. And I think a lot of people are like me. They get into the business wanting to tell these amazing stories. And then once they don't get to, it's got to hurt them a little bit inside. Yeah. Cause they want to make these characters they've got in their mind and they want to like 
be this performer that they've always wanted to be and the character they've always wanted to be. But now it's, I, and I think especially if you're in a WWE place, like so much control is exerted over you that sometimes people will lash out and try to control everything under them that they see or the things around them in an unhealthy way because they are being controlled in an unhealthy way. Honestly, like from the very top, it is not a healthy system of control and they have so little say because their voice isn't being heard. I think it's a mixture of that. It's a mixture of the hard to separate the character from person. Like the, the therapist guy was like, Oh yeah, I know a guy who works out in LA and he talks to actors after this happened after the Heath Ledger situation with the Joker, but he was like, he'll talk to actors and make sure they can successfully slide out of their role. You don't get that in WWE. You are that dude over and over and over again. It's very dangerous. So I think it comes down to that. I think it comes down to the way we as people approach the concept of fame. Cause I think a lot of people are like, I want to get famous. So that way I can get away with more stuff. I can do more things. I can go more places. I could be a fucking rock star. And that's not what it needs to be. Fame needs to be. And I hate using them, but the rock, it needs to be, Oh, that guy works his ass off, wakes up at four in the morning, fucking clanging and banging all day. And he, he's someone you want to look up to be, and then, but there are too many celebrities who instead are like, I'm going to go out and cause a bunch of chaos and do these things to get in the fucking news. So I seem important. It all boils down to wanting to seem important because no one in the wrestling industry can be John Cena. No one can be The Rock. No one can be Ric Flair, but they want to try and they want to pretend. And that pretending leads them down fucking horrible roads. Yep. And. By the time they try to think they've exerted control, they have completely lost control. Yeah. They fell into the character. And I think that's one of the big dangerous things. I talked about it last week. I love big, crazy characters because you can guarantee that's not who the fuck they are. Like, uh, I think I sent it to you guys where someone was like, with all this stuff coming on, I hope Warhorse isn't a shithead. And he goes, I fell in love with my uh, soon-to-be wife five years ago, and I've never thought about cheating on her since. She is my light, my love, and I she means more to me than anything. And I went, Warhorse! Warhorse! Good. And then he posted a picture of him drinking out of a trash can. I love him so much. God bless Warhorse. Hey, Blake, you want to know how fucked up this week is? Yeah. We didn't think to talk about The Undertaker retiring. Fuck. <laughs> Man, in any other time, that would have been big news. Five years ago, that would have been massive news. Um, But fuck, holy shit, I completely forgot about that, because I was reading it earlier today in between all of this terrible stuff that was going on. I'm like, damn, okay. I do think... He kind of discounted it, though, because he was like, I have no desire to get back in a wrestling ring. But if Vince calls, that's enough for me to like, he's probably not out. He ain't he's out. He's not out. No, that's like, okay, so yeah, that's a kind of shitty answer then. That's a that's a non-answer. Yeah, and it, also, I, I think if we're going to talk about anybody feeling like they're controlled by Vince McMahon, Taker's probably up there. Cause and I hate to say that because Taker is the, uh, the American badass. He f- seems like his own man, but also 
Did you read about him in the falling out with Vince after StarCast? No. He was like, I got a call. I got a call from Vince. And he says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm doing an autograph. Uh, I said, I'm doing an autograph sign in, in Vegas. And he goes, they all think you're going to do this AEW pay-per-view. And he goes, and he was like, and Taker was like, if anybody knows me, they know I'm not leaving this company. I've always been a part of this company. There's no reason I'd leave. Uh, but Vince forced him to pull out of it because of that. And so, yeah, it was uh, it was fucking rough. It was, yeah, Taker. Yeah, Taker fucking retired. But also, he's kind of a shithead from what I've seen recently. So, uh He's also kind of a shithead. So, I'm not... I've so soured on my outlook of the undertaker from when i started watching wrestling that it's not even funny and it really makes me sad so you mean when they interviewed him and he was wearing a blue lives matter throughout the shirt throughout the entire thing uh-huh that one that one can fucking meanwhile old stone cold steve austin is like wear a damn mask and everyone in the comments is like you'd think a rebel wouldn't do this and he's like fucking shut your damn mouth and wear the mask you piece of shit fuck you i fucking love that so okay. what did you learn this week my boy i learned that even when everything is on fire burning down around us. Britt Baker's notes are pretty cool. And I learned that my partner that is gonna take on FTR and the Young Bucks is gonna... is got They're already there. They're already fucking there. Ah, oh, fuck. Just turn the fuck around. Ah, oh, shit. Ah, fuck. Damn it. They're behind us, they're aren't they? They're right there, aren't they? Damn it. <laughs> oh, so where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake K. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me as Darkroom Video on YouTube. And you can find me here on the BS Network doing shows like Fight Boys, A Load of BS, or Deviant. Oh, I'm so excited for that second season, baby. Yeah, I'm going to need that to come along. Yep, and you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. If you need a guest for your podcast, hit me up. I'm trying to break a world record for the most podcast appearances in a single year. I'm up to like 135, and you could be next. So hit me up, slide into the DMs for that, and find all the other BS Network programs online at a load of pure BS.com. Special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song, Fighters, from Mega Ran. Love Mega Ran. Give Mega Ran. Mega Ran is in all of our hearts and games. I'm working hard to try to get on his show, Random Encounters. I'm working hard on that one. Uh, but of course, until next week, remember to send your support to the places that need it, ladies and gentlemen. Send that support to rain, to women's shelters, to uh, fucking BLM protest. You know, go on Twitter. You will find places that need your support a lot more than the Fight Boys. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show. Britt Baker, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!